Welcome to the E-Governance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. E-Governance Academy has assisted digital transformation globally in more than 130 countries. Our experts will share their insights and worldwide examples on how digital technology could benefit every society. Tune in for the Digital Government Podcast every Wednesday. Welcome to the Digital Government Podcast. I'm Federico Plantera, journalist, sociologist, and researcher. And today with me, I have, once again, Linnar Wieck. Welcome, Linnar. Thank you so much, Federico, for being with us. Rather, welcome back, because today we will address a topic that uh, indeed has been, uh, you yourself, like, uh, make probably an emerging topic, which is uh, corporate digital responsibility. Um, some listeners might, of course, find uh, some similarities between the topic and even just even just the formula of corporate digital responsibility and corporate social responsibility. But it seems quite logical that we are addressing now this issue, considering that the social and the digital are overlapping and uh, um, coming to merge indeed more and more and more. And so what is digital? inevitably becomes also social. So why is digital responsibility coming up as a topic right now? Very certainly it comes out with an uh, social dissatisfaction of the way how corporations, but also government regulations, are handling and delivering uh, different services. And let me bring a couple of very simple examples. Societies all around the world are dissatisfied with the fact that uh, their local authorities have no way of helping or protecting them within the digital services context uh, when they have uh, problems, for example, to address to uh, global multinational platform companies. Well, and those companies are also rather good on avoiding being traced down and being accessible by end users. It's also a matter of the new technologies that are evolving and customer and broader social concerns about the ethics and uh, the fair use of those technologies. And those have been a trigger. So together with uh, digital technologies being so much embedded on a cross-border manner to our everyday lives brings up a question, what and where lies the responsibility of the service providers within those digital domains. But shifting the focus from the public uh, and regulatory perspective, let's say, to what are the uh, intentions and eventually also the actions that companies and the private sector uh, are taking to be, be held more accountable, basically, what is corporate digital responsibility. What are we talking about? Let me start perhaps by looking to the roots. It's a rather new phenomenon. It has emerged some three to five years ago as a concept. And that concept is, it, it could be taken as an extension of corporate social responsibility, addressing your corporate activities and impact to the, those societies and individuals where you are providing your services, whether your product is a car or whether you have a household appliances you are selling or whether you are food or beverage company with a global scale, you ask yourself uh, what 
are my responsibilities in global social sphere. Now, that is one angle to watch, that uh, everything is digital, so the social responsibility also needs to take into account the presently wild West, unregulated and uh, and often very, very vaguely um, handled area of digital sphere. Second opportunity is to watch to digital technologies and to the digital responsibility from the perspective of technology itself, because it's the first time when a technology is such a widespread in a cross-border ubiquitous manner where and where it's embedded really to all the different services products in a way that it has not done before and that drives a new angle asking from a particular and specific digital technologies ethics behind it and there are also other ways to look to focus only to your consumers to only your consumer perspective or to look also to the broader stakeholders perspective and also to start looking not only from your internal processes and the way how your services are provided but also the impact the impact you make and therefore we might say that at the present the digital responsibility of uh, digital technology companies, but also broader all the big corporates, is to look what are my, uh, what what is my digital footprint and impact to the sustainable future. Second angle is to look what is my impact to my users, particular users, um, including, for example, the privacy of the data of my users and the way how I'm building my service design towards my users. And the third angle is to look broader societal impact of digitalization. If I'm the leading provider of certain digital services in particular sector, I have also a spillover impact to the broader digital activities and impact in society. So it's an it has a certain pillars and I would say all those pillars are right now emerging taking its shape there are some companies and corporates which are moving faster some which are playing still very much on hide and seek for example uh, the environmental impact related matters but most importantly all those companies are working within the regulatory and also norms environment. And this is where I would like always to bring in the role of governments. And governments, in a sense, within the times of digital governance solutions, deliver also services to citizens. So government also needs to make statement that they have taken into account those pillars of responsibility being environmentally sound, protecting user data and delivering the best services to its citizens. And governments in the same time have also responsibility of uh, setting the scene 
for those multinational corporates in acting also in a similarly responsible way. So governments play a very critical role. And what we witnessed during the European Union last presidency or from the Germany is that the digital responsibility started to emerge as a topic. And I would say within a year or two, it will be debated and discussed a lot only not only in the academic sphere, but also in a broader regulatory space. Perfect. There are a lot of things to discuss at this point. Indeed. I will start just from one very, very, very quick summary of uh, who are then the stakeholders involved in this process. Very briefly. Um, If I'm a technology vendor, um, if I'm a service provider in the field of digital technologies, then I need to take a look also to my uh, technology value chain and chain of technologies which I'm providing. We know that uh, a broad level of society, for example in Sweden, is asking from the mobile operators what is your environmental footprint. Can you assure that the base stations at the core technologies you are using are produced in an environmentally sound way. What is the mobile operators who is also delivering you all kinds of technology gadgets to your personal use? What is the uh, uh, approach towards a circular economy? Are they willing to participate in the circular economy, taking back the technologies and making sure that they will be dis- uh, disposed in an environmentally sound way? So what we have seen is that one part of the stakeholders is to ensure that your partners with whom you are providing your services are sound. Mm. Second angle, clearly, are my users, my customers, uh, how I treat my customers, how I treat the data of my customers, and surprisingly enough, uh, enough, uh, the very clearly emerging part is related also to the not waste of Uh, from the environmental perspective, but waste from the human consumption and and time perspective. Meaning, and that is a very new phenomenon where you are looking to the uh, user experience of your services, which is not wasting the time of your users by all kind of uh, extra questions and, uh, and making irrelevant to your service. Uh, areas of annoying all kinds of interactions. Although we also no. have to say that the technology companies have gone into the direction of uh, making a monopoly of the user's time. So like doing anything basically to keep users on the platforms. Precisely. So this is, this is something where uh, I think it's the first time when companies need to start thinking about the aspects of loyalty and aspects of the uh, attention time spent to them, uh, to their services, and uh, what value the customers bring to them and what they give as a value back to the customers. So it, it should be in a positive balance. And uh, in... Um, 
in a in a broader stakeholder environment where we are looking at is a kind of new digital divide or a broader uh, responsibilities of corporates, uh, uh, corporate solutions, whether they have not only to my customers, but also a broader uh, value proposition to the society. And it, here it's a very interesting, uh, um, perhaps to move back to almost 20 years when in Estonia, a banks, telecom companies, IT companies came together and uh, they started to provide a free computer and internet training for non-curriculum uh, basis for people who have been outside already from the education system and in the same time did not need on the everyday job to use a computer. It was just a mass training and that was in my perspective a very solid and first very interesting project uh, which i would call a digital responsibility of cohort of companies who addressed their non-consumers by providing them with education of course with a hidden potential agenda that then when they know how to use internet and see the value of internet, they would start subscribing to the services, become users of internet banking services, and, well, they were already users of banking services, but they used a different channel. No, but fair enough, but they were doing, they were implicitly expanding the potential market, basically, that even if in the beginning was rather, I mean, was more niche than in any case with people uh, increasing their First awareness, awareness, and then capability. Precisely. And the finally also the access to the technology. Yeah, exactly. So if you bring together awareness, competencies and access, then all you have to do is to deliver also a quality service. And if that is in the in the package, you are you are able really to make also this as a sound investment, uh, including also once again I would say the spillover impact because well, you can become an, an user of any telecom company. You can become a user of any internet banking services. So you are not sure whether if, if I am providing you a training that they all the, all the people who go to the training will become my loyal customers. So it was still a broader social responsibility and digital responsibility where they were stepping in. Linda, you just made an example of Estonia like 20 years ago, but let's go, let's indeed like roll back of 20 years because one of the questions that uh, come up right away to my mind when uh, when we talk about corporate digital responsibility is that, but, and especially framing it as an extension or even like a subcategory, let's say, of the general topic of corporate social responsibility because the digital is also social, et cetera, et cetera, what we already said. But in terms of corporate social responsibility, we've been talking about this for uh, quite some years, and still we made, let's say, some baby steps, some steps, but not really, let's say, uh, a life-changing move. Same counts also for the corporate environmental responsibility in terms of ecology. So uh, what I would ask is, what would make uh, corporate digital responsibility different? The difference will be achieved by leaders who will establish a anticipated norms. 
in societies. And, and there I see um, a role for the platform companies right now. And I have seen quite a number of multinational platform companies who are, um, including, for example, Google and Facebook, who are trying to articulate their first aims uh, towards a environmentally um, sound way activities. Uh, and good example is the fact that uh, that those particular companies have been communicating clearly that their terabytes are green. Well, we, 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 we may start arguing that how green and where is a green standing at, uh, but, uh, but their data centers are, some, are kind of, from the energy consumption and energy production perspective, uh, as close as neutral as possible. And that is a big step already. And that is something which is not coming uh, from the kind of environment. It's a way to differentiate yourself and to say, I'm not evil. I'm doing better than others. And those norms will become more and more clarified uh, also for other markets and for other stakeholders and players. And I'm very confident that the next step will be uh, telecom operators who will be asked what is what is the environmental impact and how green are the bits and bytes you deliver to me in my unlimited monthly subscription and what is environmental impact. And I would say that in the area where telecommunication operators are struggling because they all the same pipes, they just deliver bits and bytes. So they would like to start making a difference. My bytes and my bits are greener, environmentally more friendly, and they have been... Um, they have contributed in any case to achieving something which is a rather like an increased environmental sustainability of my process. Precisely. So yes. that is something where I would say leaders are defining the new normalities and new norms. And that will be followed eventually by other players. The fact is that we're talking about leaders both from the market and from states, because in any case, they will at some point have to come together to institutionalize the rules and the norms. Indeed. And the fact that you are able, but still in uh, only a handful of countries around the world, to go out and purchase green energy as a subscriber, just go out, click and say that I want my energy package to be um, uh, based only on renewable sources, only solar energy. Uh, this is not the case for the most of the consumers. So it's it's still the leading countries who are building up that uh, concept together with those leading companies who are building that concept. And the regulations and also the corporate manners are meeting each other more and more often. And uh, it will be... Uh, there is a potential that, there is, uh, that it's a kind of first first world problem mm -hmm. which we are addressing because if you go to some countries they would say that well 
come back in 25 to 30 years to me and then start talking about the green energy or environmental footprint of my mobile phone. At the moment, all I want is a big screen connected to internet to deliver me a services. Yeah, I get it. I mean, on the global scale, it would be also, I mean, it's going to be complicated to uh harmonize let's say the different priorities indeed that on the spectrum of gdp let's say uh differentiate indeed like the preferences among countries but uh i mean this is an emerging topic so we could stay here and like and talk about it for <laughs> two hours and even more and and the debate is very much going on but i would like to ask you one final question about a rather more uh history of economics let's say perspective a bit economy uh, a bit economics and a bit sociology which is uh we were talking about 20 years ago so 20 years 25 years ago we remember how strong for example some new social movements uh generated i mean expressed what was somehow a backlash from the society towards multinationals that were expanding and liberalized and markets being liberalized especially in europe for example at at the same time so there was it seems that while then there was a certain tendency also at the government's level to uh open the way for further liberalization and uh, these multinationals like taking more and more gaining more and more ground in the markets it seems that now instead you referenced, for example, the uh, the the latest like German uh, presidency of the European Union, but also the Digital Market Act in uh, in Germany itself. It seems that now instead there is a tendency to go. There is a trend to go in the other direction, so to not leave the way completely open to these platform economy companies for taking over. And my question then connected to that is. The topic of corporate digital responsibility, it seems that it's coming up before it's too late. So are we doing that in a way so to not make those clashes arise in other forms and through other organizations and other movements now? This is my question. (laughs) Right now, it's a perfect time to discuss about the digital responsibility. Uh, We are raising the topic of digital responsibility also at our... uh, e-governance academy annual conference in 20th and 21st may this year and we bring in not only people who are making an academic work around it but also practitioners practitioners in delivering digital responsibility as a as, as not just uh, as a as a mission uh, core mission of the activities what i see however And also a topic at our conference this year is a further fragmentation, further fragmentation and regulations which are country specific rather than regional specific. And uh, we are working or trying to, to, to deliver the best as a government, to deliver best for our society. And sometimes we feel that while working one-to-one exclusively with the digital platform companies, we achieve our goals faster than working with those platform companies on a European Union or African Union level. 
I think it is just a matter of time when uh, countries, even a big countries like Germany or France, recognize that uh, longer term and sustainable approach will be an broader and wider levels of harmonization, including also a collaboration with the platform companies. We had a good experience with general data protection regulations in Europe, where we recognized that together we were able to achieve more than individual countries. And I believe that in parallel to the process of uh, fragmented national interests based uh, digital authorities or uh, digital independent territories, um, we are able to achieve more with uh, cross-border collaboration. European Union will be a certain type of lacmos also for that, including also the new commission who is um, taking the digital and also environmental as a key kind of elements of its working agenda. And it's only a matter of time to see how quickly they are able to convince the member states also to follow it. And from the recent practice, what we have seen is that when European Union is finally getting to the agreement, it is serving as an example for many other regions, but also countries of the world as a new norm. Perfect. Then let's say that we can, uh, our listeners can also understand that definitely it is absolutely not too late, but we're just in time addressing this topic. And in May, we will be even more in time at our e-governance conference. Correct. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Linda, for participating today. Uh, goodbye from Federico and uh, tune in to the next episode of the Digital Government Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by eGovernance Academy. Tune in on next Wednesday.